This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chiniki. We acknowledge the Satina, who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. Welcome to the Dave Leary Show. Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast, brought to you by Freedom's Path Recovery Society in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Thank you for tuning in. Please remember that these opinions that are shared are those of the individuals and not of any agency, organization, or other entity, unless otherwise specified. Also, if you're a minor, please check with your parent and or guardian as you need to have permission to listen to these podcasts. We will potentially talk about violent subject matter, sexual content, and difficulties human beings face on their day-to-day lives in recovery. Awesome. Yeah, no, I would appreciate that too. Yeah, for sure, man. So you get us started and we'll go wherever you want to go and we'll talk about whatever you want. Awesome. Awesome. Um, You know what? Let's just kind of base it off of um, kind of like how I ended up in this situation. Sure. And then how uh, kind of where I am today and then kind of branch into uh, those afterthoughts of how we get to, uh, Mm. you know, a different place moving forward. You bet, man. I'm game. Awesome. So yeah, I guess I'll just kick it off. Um, my name is Alec Carton. Um, I was originally born in Regina, Saskatchewan. My mother is from Kegakin, uh, carry the Kettle First Nation, and my father is from Ethiopia. Okay. So I fall right on that 50-50 split between mm-hmm. being Indigenous and being African. Mm-hmm. So that was a big part of my story moving forward. Like one of the things that I didn't, I should have known, but I didn't know was that alcoholism and drug addiction ran in my family for generations. Mm. Um, my family was involved in, in residential schooling. Oh, my geez. mother was placed in foster care. Her mm. mother was placed in foster care. Um, and my entire family has really been like a product of um, the child welfare system mm. since like in the last, probably in the last hundred years or so. The intergenerational um, and that, trauma, hey? exactly yeah. and i mean when you say it like that that's that's exactly what it uh what it was i didn't yeah. know that i was kind of like predestined to mm. have these challenges yeah does it did it yeah, make you so, how did it affect you when you did find out that that there was a predisposition you know to be honest i feel like i wasn't fully aware that there was a predisposition mm. uh, like maybe it's to its full extent mm-hmm. until like a couple of years ago oh okay um and I mean, since I've been in recovery and decided to follow the red road and decided to change my life, that was, I was about four and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, probably when I first came into recovery, I knew that my mother had some of the same problems that I had, but I never understood why, like at a cultural and social level, being indigenous, mm-hmm. um, you know, for myself being raised by white parents, by Catholic parents. Um, I had an extremely colonized view of the world and it wasn't really until, uh, like I could grow as a person that I started to make my own way back to my people. 
and I saw how that actually related to uh, my life, my recovery, and my spirituality and beliefs as a whole. So that was a pretty powerful process. Wow, man! And and so, so okay. So you you were adopted. Yeah. So okay. I was uh, kind of bounced, uh, kind of bounced in and out of foster care until okay. I was about four years old. Yeah. Okay. So then, and then, yeah. So you didn't even have any. You had no exposure to your indigenous side or uh, Ethiopian side, because you were basically out of that, out of both of those cultures. Exactly. Okay. Okay. That's so, yeah, quite. A, that's was, quite a uh, head full of stuff to come to come to terms with, hey. Oh, man, it was a big deal. Like growing up, I used to have people call me, uh, you know, like an Oreo, black on the outside mm-hmm. or dark on the outside, white on the inside. People yeah. would say I was like, you know, the whitest black person they knew mm-hmm. or they didn't understand if I was native or not. I'd get all these uh, questions, right? But for yeah. some reason, I just, because I didn't have any roots to either of my cultures, it, um, like I just kind of pushed it down and mm-hmm. I, I was a very confused child growing up. Yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. And yeah. So, so what's your what's your contact like now with your m- mom's side and your dad's side? My birth parents? Yeah, your birth parents. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no problem. I mean, it's so different. It's so difficult when you have like multiple sets of parents and you're like, who are we talking about? Yeah, no doubt. Well, no <laughs> doubt. And my dad was adopted as well, so I should have some of this oh. figured out by now, but <laughs> But none I, of us do, David. Yeah, well, thank do. you very much. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, to be honest, my contact is minimal. Like mm. my father, my birth father, Dawad, he was never in my life simply oh, okay. because he was a toxic individual. Yeah. Um, you know, into crime and into mm. a harsh way of life and abusive to my own mother. And mm. so um he attempted to reach out to me um as as an adult, not even that long ago. Um oh. But it wasn't it wasn't a door that I was ready to open yet, yeah. and it's uh, it's still not today. And no, speaking enough. to my mother, uh, my birth mother Heather and I, we actually had reconnected probably a little over six months ago. Mm-hmm. And I mean, after 23, 24 years, wow. it's kind of a it was a big deal. So we reconnected on deal. Facebook. Yeah, we talked. She was sending me pictures of my family, my cousins' powwow group. Like mm-hmm. my family has been involved in healthcare on the reservation for years. Oh wow. Um I guess for my own mother it was um it was very interesting because I was adopted into a family of seven children and so my biological mother had also had seven children. She she had eight originally but one passed away mm. and then she had these seven kids that she was born with um me, Simon and Fatima. We were all adopted together mm-hmm. and then my mother went on to have four more children, mm-hmm. my birth mother, she went on to have four more children. Okay. And so I know that those other four children exist. But those other four kids who are younger than me, mm-hmm. my, uh, my half brothers and sisters, they don't know that my mother had any more kids. Oh, really? So it's, um, yeah, she okay. just never told them. And mm-hmm. it was a really complicated um, issue. And I don't think that the kids do still know. And my mother and I, we talk sporadically. I mean, she has a lot of problematic views about my life and mm. she's still in her own learning phase too, yeah. like we all are. So yeah. so it's a stressed relationship, but I mean, it's there. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I guess at least it's there. You have a chance if there's going to be a, a healthy relationship that can blossom from that, right? Um, I mean, I really, I really hope so, David. Yeah. Um, 
one of the key things that like I worked through in therapy though was was uh, just this fact that like I had never had any successful relationships with mm. uh, like with mother figures in my life, like yeah. not my birth mother, not my adopted mother. Um, so I really had to develop like an independent sense of like self-sustenance, which is kind of like a sad thing when you think of it, not having it's, that yeah. like, support. Yeah, it's very, it was, it's um, very sad. Yeah, you know, even like when I think about it, I don't know if I've desensitized to it, but I guess I've just grown accustomed to it over the years. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's just the way some people are, you know, some people's parents pass away, some, some people have same story as mine, mm -hmm. others for different reasons. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and none of those reasons make somebody something specific, right? There's like, still a lot of some choice anyway, of ours that goes into our life to to either steer it so it mirrors those people or so it doesn't, right? Like mm. it's like those motivations though, the the fact that from the time you were really young that you would be afraid, right? Like mm. afraid to be yourself, um, especially when you're torn away from the two parts that make you whole, right? Mm. Like that's a, it's just an interesting shift for a person to have to come through. Obviously it builds a great deal of resiliency, right? Like, cause you're a very resilient dude, you know, mm. able to make some choices that I've seen anyway. And obviously it's just my opinion. I, I don't speak for everybody, but, um, oh, thank you. Yeah. You're welcome, man. Like I, I noticed what, like, what was it last year or two years ago when you went down South? Oh yeah. <laughs> I love that though, dude. When you, you like, I know you probably forget about that cause you move on, but uh, God, when I yeah. think of you, man, I think of that <laughs> that awesome decision to go to Mexico and to just do it. And people thought I was nuts because I was like, no, like, well, when's he going to do it? He exactly. might never have another chance. So anyway, I, I just think that's great. <laughs> We're going to have to touch on that, man, because that, I mean, that that whole experience changed my life. Do tell us about it. Let's talk about it now. We can go anywhere we I want. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny that you mentioned that because you're right, David. I completely forget about that. And yeah, I bet. It, I mean, it all started with uh, being a young man and falling in love. I was uh, back in this day. I was, I was. This wasn't even that long though. I guess I was 21, so a couple, almost three years ago. Yeah, it's, and, yeah, a couple uh, no, years. No, two years ago. Yeah, a couple years ago, and then um, I was out at open mic one day down at the Oolong Tea House in Kensington, and I was just playing my guitar, doing some singing. I love music. I'm a very musical guy. Well, and, that was, uh, you know, originally that's what I wanted to have you on the podcast for, was to come on and play oh. some music because I know, and we'll have you back. Well, we can do it in person. We will absolutely have you back to play some of your music. Oh, that would be fantastic. I would I love always it, love sharing. Yeah, I would love it. I love your music. I love, I've heard some of your stuff you've played, so, yeah. Oh, thanks. That's, yeah, uh, yeah, that was a key part of my life. It still is. And so I was down that night and I was just playing some music and, mm -hmm. uh, and then I met a girl there and, um, it's all I mean, about she was a girl. Cute. It's all about a girl. It's how it started. She was cute. And love it. I later on found that she was, uh, she was the same age as me, a few months older or something. And we, um, I found out she was from Mexico and she was here like on a tourist visa. She was, uh, she was working, she, you know, she was doing some work kind of under the table here and there, you know, and just making her way through life and whatnot. And anyways, we ended up getting together. We ended up dating and we had this great relationship and, and we were, we were spending a lot of time together for about, for about six, seven, eight, nine months. 
And mm -hmm. then it came to this point where her visa was coming to an end and she didn't have any way to actually gain a, um, to get off the tourist visa mm -hmm. and then get a, um, an LMIA, that yeah. a labor market impact assessment to mm -hmm. show if she would actually be able to immigrate to Canada. She couldn't get it. So yeah. we talked to a lawyer, we paid hundreds of dollars and we were just like, how can we make this work? Cause we we're just young, we're in love. And, and then, um, we just decided, I remember that was like a key turning point in my life. Cause it was a cold kind of wintry night. And she had sent me a text and she was just like, meet me at higher ground in Kensington. So I went to higher ground in Kensington that night and it was snowing and we talked and we were just like, what are we going to do? Like neither of us feel like our story is done together, mm. but we also don't see how we can do this. And so, I mean, I just thought about it rationally and just kind of like from a logical perspective. And I was like, I think we have like three reasonable options. Like one is that we try and hack out a long distance relationship. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't think that's gonna work for where we're at. And she agreed. Mm -hmm. And the second was that the second was that she could attempt to stay in Canada and we could try and somehow make things work. And we were just like, we've already exhausted that option and it doesn't look like that's gonna work. And so the only other option well the other option was of course break up yeah but we thought the option that we wanted to do was i guess alec was going to mexico <laughs> yeah dude <laughs> and so That's i mean awesome. i thought about everything i was just like you know what i'm like 22 i was like i don't really have a career set i have no assets that are like set here in canada i was like my life is like liquidable so i mm -hmm. pretty much sold everything i had which was like records a few guitars some furniture you know just like basic stuff that yeah. a young dude in his 20s has and I sold it all off and I bought two one-way tickets and uh, we didn't even know where we were going we just we literally looked at a map out of Mexico and we were just like where is the, where is the nicest place in Mexico and everyone was telling us go to Cancun and so the next day I went to the went to the travel agency and boom bought two-way tickets two one-way tickets to Cancun oh my goodness you guys didn't even know where to go Man, we had no clue. <laughs> Good for you. I mean, it was like, I mean, when I think about it and I look back, like it was so nonsensical and it was so just like, it, it wasn't very well planned and it wasn't the right way to do things, but I would still do it again. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, like a key part of it was this, um, it's just like, we had a lot to share with each other. For yeah. me, it was a lot of the stuff I learned in my recovery, dealing with trauma. Um, for her, she had a very keen kind of business sense and just like, wanted to be rational and be more ambitious. And that eventually rubbed off on me. And so we were, it's just like, there we were, boom, we ended up down in Mexico. And I mean, man, those were like some of the best memories of my life are there. Like yeah. I remember uh, like being with her, being in love, like riding the sea dews through the ocean of Cancun, mm. you know, in our house, we had a coconut tree outside of our house, wow. a swimming pool just across the street, yeah. freshly squeezed orange juice. It was paradise, man. Dude, that's awesome. Ugh. And I mean, of course, not saying all good things have to come to an end, but this one did come yeah. to an end. And eventually it was just kind of shown that my, like my journey there just wasn't sustainable. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, I, I learned quite a bit of Spanish, but I couldn't hack it out to be fluent. Like our money was running out. Mm -hmm. She was working part-time. We were seeing how I could get a visa. And eventually it put so much strain in our relationship after a handful of months that we decided that uh, the most mature thing to do with be to take a step back and mm. uh, I should go back to Canada, figure out uh, where I was and how to just rejuvenate my life. And she would continue there in Mexico and we would decide to kind of part ways. And 
man, it was heartbreaking to be honest. Like I, I cried on the oh. planes the entire way back from Mexico to Canada. Well, no doubt, man. It's heartbreaking. You guys obviously really wanted it to work when you went down there, right? So, ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, ah, I'm getting emotional just going back to it. Yeah, that's okay, <laughs> man. That sounds like a really emotional time, right? Like falling in love, yeah. man, and catching sunsets in Mexico when you're falling in love. That's amazing. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm so grateful, man. Yeah. You know, like that's if, cool. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for all like the work and everything. I definitely wouldn't have made it there. But mm-hmm. I'm telling you, this uh, like this whole experience. I mean, not just the person, but the experience. Like it lit a fire in me. So uh, when I came back to Canada, it's just like I knew that it was game time, and I mm-hmm. wasn't really, uh, I wasn't gonna just do what I was doing before. Not that it was bad, but I decided that I wanted to live a certain kind of life and be a certain kind of person. So. So I decided to enroll in school, got myself into school, um, doing a business diploma. Oh, nice. Um, I, yeah, man. Like I had to originally. No, I actually just decided to go through uh, Bow Valley College. Excellent. Yeah, so I was over, and I still am doing some courses there, mm-hmm. actually. So I was down at Bow Valley College. I got connected in with the Anui Pecan Center, their Indigenous Learner Center down there. Okay. Um, got enrolled in the business program. Eventually, um, I got an internship with a, with a company that I wanted to learn with. And um, my life really just took a step from A to B mm-hmm. in terms of like uh, learning and career development and uh, like getting back in touch with my people and mm-hmm. mentors. Oh, man, it was just amazing. And uh, I don't think I would have gotten that if I didn't take that step um, from the experience I had. So that was that yeah. was big. No doubt it was, man, because you came back, you were probably full of courage, right? I mean, yeah, just feeling like you can probably do whatever it is you want to do. I mean, that was, uh, that was it. I mean, I remember, um, I guess, kind of relating it back to my, back to my own experiences. There was one time when um, I was just kind of reminded that it was really on me to make things work. And this was back when I was when things were looking bad in Mexico and I was very bleak. Uh, I remember calling uh, calling my dad and I was just like, hey, dad, like, look, I'm in a pretty tough spot here. Like, I need some help. I'm hoping you could like buy me a plane ticket or help me get back to Canada in some manner. And then, you know, obviously I can pay you back when I get the money. And so, I mean, you know, my history with my dad wasn't exactly the best over the years but Mm. it at that point I had already been in recovery for a couple of years him and I had loaned and paid back money before so we were kind of in good standing there but I remember him just kind of like listening and he was like okay and he was just like I'll talk to your mom and I was just like Mm. okay that's bad (laughs) (laughs) I was like anything something goes from a to b I was like that's enough so I'd already prepared myself and Mm. lo and behold I got the answer back and it was a no And so my dad elaborated and he was just like, you know what, like, we just can't support the way that you're living. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, what, like, I was so confused, David, Mm -hmm. because I was just like, what am I doing wrong? Like, I'm not drinking, like, I'm Mm -hmm. not smoking. I've been off drugs for years now. Like, I'm, um, I'm just like, I'm happy. I'm having experiences. I'm doing Mm -hmm. things I love. But I mean, I guess I didn't see then that they expected me to be up to a certain standard, which was for them living up to Catholic fundamentals, going Mm -hmm. to school, um, you know, being a better citizen and just a very colonized viewpoint of Mm -hmm. the way that I should live my life. And 
for me, that was extremely problematic because that's not how I viewed my life at all. And so, and so hearing that I wasn't living up to this and because mm -hmm. of that, like I, I couldn't have the support of my adopted parents in yeah. that, in that hardest time, man, I'm telling you, it was, it was like these gates just, just like banged shut on me. And I was just mm -hmm. like, you know what, like even these people who I thought were there, it's just like, they're not there for me. And mm -hmm. so, so I called my best friend who was, uh, who was also my sponsor at the time. And mm -hmm. I was just like, look, man, I need some help. And without any hesitation, he was just like, you know what, I'm going to e-transfer you $500. I'm buying you a plane ticket back. You're staying at my house. We'll get you back on your feet. No problem. Yeah. That's and it awesome. was, uh, oh man, like unbelievable. Friends, eh? yeah. Unbelievable. And wow. So yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was a whole experience, man. But, uh, but since then it's kind of been like, I feel like my foot's been on the gas, so to yeah. speak. Right on. That's awesome. Yeah. Just, I just want to ask you a question about, uh, when you mentioned the colonized, like the colonized institutionalized perspective versus, mm. Um, like exploring your culture, right? Because in, in my mind, yeah. culture is prevention. And I didn't make that up. Uh, Don Coyas kind of coined that phrase, I think. So, what was that? Uh, Don Coyas, culture is prevention. Um, culture is, pre man, I love that. Yeah, and, and see, Don Coyas started the Wellbriety um, movement, uh, the white bison mm. And they, when you said you went on the Red Road, I thought maybe you were going to tell me you just finished reading the uh, Red Road to Recovery, because uh, oh. that's a book about Indigenous recovery, right? So, mm. yeah, and Don Coyas, he said that uh, culture is prevention. And I, I couldn't agree more, right? Like, that. just Absolutely. thinking about the conflict you must have felt, maybe even you still feel, between your um, colonized upbringing, right? Uh, and yeah. and getting back into your your culture, right? Absolutely, man. Absolutely, I, man. So that must have been like a, a mind um, after your after they declined to help you based on your decisions, like the decisions to go into your culture to go and explore the the world. Um, that, did that like? Did you start to think of it like that? Like you had to now get around this colonial thought process or did you never really adopt that mm, no I uh I had it fully ingrained in me mm -hmm. just uh like in my upbringing it was um that's kind of what I figured shed a lot of those thoughts yeah sorry I didn't no, want to cut you're you spot off on. Uh, uh, you're spot on David okay. yeah. <laughs> and and so spot on. Um, so how how is that for you today like do you do you have is it easier a little bit for you to just kind of know what you think and what you don't think anymore and move forward? Or do you still come into some serious conflict as you're exploring this? Mm, I mean, personally, I don't come into um, like serious conflict within myself mm -hmm. when it comes to like challenging my own kind of colonized upbringing. Okay. I mean, I still, every now and then, like I get like the hairs on my, mm. whatever, like my male fragility or just like my colonized, self mm. will just be like ooh, like what is this but for the most part i've just <laughs> ooh, what is this i like that <laughs> i know it's like now that it's been a few times i'm just like okay you know what mm. alec like this is a this is a belief system that is no longer working for you and yeah. it's and if you look at it closely it's not working for a lot of people mm -hmm. so why don't you shed it ah, and i mean you. um i mean just speaking candidly david mm -hmm. like um 
a large part of that too was also my decision to really take a close look at what my participation in the group uh like alcoholics anonymous was mm. okay. because uh like my my indigenous like belief systems and where i was like uh they just they collided man of course they, they collided yeah. and i had to uh i had to really find out kind of where you know where the principles were and like where mm. the baseline was and more importantly who could I talk to and relate to that understood these things? Because mm -hmm. I felt like if I if I was bringing up my challenges about a belief system in that group, then sometimes I'd be attacked or like put mm -hmm. down. And um, and it just it kind of like really cemented in the feeling again that mm -hmm. I didn't belong there. Yeah. So um, I had to find some like minded cats to yeah. kind of bounce these off and and talk about it in a safe, uh, like objective manner mm -hmm. to come to like where I'm currently at. And so, so what did you, what did you transition into from those other rooms? You know, it was like, I felt like it wasn't so much a transition into as like mm -hmm. a transition back to, uh, okay. you know, and yeah, like being indigenous, it's just like, I had forgotten and I just wasn't taught that, Yeah, you know, it's just like, I am a person, we are people, but I am also the land, you know, mm. and it's just like, we are the land, we are the people, we mm. are the water, we are our we are our language, we are our family, our ancestors, we're part of the spirit, you know, we're part of the plants, we're part of the medicines, yeah. we have our ceremonies, that's the language of the spirit, yeah. we have our sustainable ways of living in balance with, with nature, and right, we have our connection to all living things, and our friends, bear, and wolf, mm -hmm. and all of these things, man, and it was just, it was really coming back to that, and just understanding that, where it's just like, I found my community again like I found solidarity within that part of myself and within all of these aspects that had not been taught to me or that I had forgotten and, and so from there it's like I just like I draw that strength I draw that purpose that's where um that's where the principles come come into my life like in that effect mm -hmm. and so um when it comes to and that's yeah I guess that's what I've transitioned to and it's uh even that david has been its own its own process yeah like what a beautiful description i had goosebumps the whole time you were talking about it so <laughs> i didn't want to interrupt you because <laughs> it's when you talk about being the land and being the water like like that i believe that's how it was always intended for us to feel as humans mm. right not not as one population or another but as humans i i feel mm. like that's at our core that we are a part of this earth right? Like we're not separate from it. Um, um, so yeah. And I, I'm very curious about it because like I grew up a Christian, right? Yeah. And I, in over the last couple of years, I, I, I'm no longer a Christian, right? Mm. So, but growing up with that. I thought you were a Christian for some reason. I, I was for a long time and then I was a bad Christian and then I decided I just wasn't Christian <laughs> anymore. <laughs> so, so for the longest oh time God, I told funny. people I was a bad Christian. Um, and then yeah. I realized, you know what? I'm not a bad anything. I'm just not a Christian, right? Because mm. e eventually the the lines just got so crossed that it was like um, there was conflict for the first little while, which is when I was mm. calling myself a bad Christian, there was conflict in my head mm. between between what I really believe and what Christianity teaches, right? Some of mm. the things it teaches. Uh, and then eventually the the um the veil was lifted 
and I was able to see the things I really didn't believe in, right, within the Christian faith. Mm. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with the Christian faith if it helps people be good people, right? Um, or helps people live or gives them courage, whatever it is. Uh, it's all got a place and time for, uh, for people, just not for me anymore, right? And uh, it was like that for the first little while, there was in my head some decisions there was conflict because I was realizing that most of the conflict was because of Christianity. It wasn't because the thing was wrong. It was mm. because in Christianity, it's described as wrong, right? Like, mm. So, so where, did your, where did your beliefs transition into? Uh, you know, I, I think they're still transitioning, Alec, if I'm honest. I, mm. I think uh, right now I'm at this place where um, I'm probably, I lean towards Buddhism because there's no mm. deity involved. Um, and so I lean towards Buddhism, but I'm definitely, uh, if you ask me most days, if, if you say, well, what do you think about uh, good and bad? I'd say, well, I'm going to leave it up to the universe. And the universe, I believe, based on what I've seen, is indifferent. Um, the universe mm. is indifferent, but that doesn't mean that we're accidents. It just means that no. the universe isn't for or against anyone. It's just mm. there, right? It's kind of like, mm. and, and that's how I feel about um, like some of the more animist type theologies, right? Like mm. is, yeah, because we're all a part of the earth, right? We, mm. we all come from the stars. Like we're star people and we're here. Mm. And, and to me, that makes more sense than some people are okay, but other people are not okay. Like th that doesn't mm. make any sense to me anymore. Right. And mm. I'm not talking about like people who murder. I'm talking about you're not okay yeah. because you believe in this and that person's not okay because they believe in that. Like that's mm. the kind of stuff that just, it, it didn't make any sense and it doesn't make any sense. You're so right, David. It's just, it just really, it divides us as yeah, people. When it does it's just divide like us. We're, we're all just, we're all unified. And man, it's just like when you were, when you were talking, I was just like, I was thinking and I was just relating. I was like, we're not even, we're not that much different. It's uh -uh. just like, we're not wherever, wherever we are. And yeah. I was just reminded too, of what you were saying about Christianity. And I mean, I'm not one to say that like that Christianity is bad and this is where it's at. I mean, yeah. There are bad people of everywhere course. that do bad things yeah. um, in, the, in the grand scheme of things. But I mean, for example, I was thinking about one of the, one of like the greatest lies of patriarchy kind of found in the Bible. And mm. that's um, it's in the very beginning when in Genesis, it says that, and God took a rib from man and from man he made woman yeah. and for me that was one of the greatest lies of patriarchy because never in the entire history of humankind has woman ever come from man it's mm -hmm. just like woman is sacred and man has always come from woman mm -hmm. like woman is that is woman is a way that connects the divine to woman, earth yeah to earth. yeah a woman is just, life giver right Exactly. And just yeah. to hear, just to hear like the Bible, just say that it was just like, it just seems so unnatural. And mm -hmm. it just really, it's just like, it makes it seem like, well, then man is number one, you know, woman was there from man. That's man. right. And that's just not true. But it's just like our yeah. entire society is built on patriarchy. And it's just, we yeah. see problems that have arisen from it over thousands of mm -hmm. years. And so that's one example of why why I kind of refute the uh, the religion and mm -hmm. I mean yeah like it it 
guides some people and it does this, but I, I have a lot of issues with the belief systems because yeah. they cause problems That's for right. other people. And and see that you're you're exactly right, Alec. If 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 a person's belief system is is like benign to other people, mm. then it's okay, I think, right? Like then it's probably I think so. It's less problematic in general because it's not crossing and stepping on people's toes, right? Mm. But, but I think and I don't know much about Islam, so I won't talk much about it. But in terms Nor of I. <laughs> Yeah, well but in terms of or Hinduism for that matter, or any of the other ones, other religions. Mm. I don't know enough about it. I don't even know enough about Christianity really, except it was given to me so I can go ahead and talk shit about it all I want. Because um, I never had a choice, right? So, and, and, but that's what, one of the things that I find so problematic about Christianity is direct, directly related to what you just said. If, mm. if man is number one, that, I mean, to me, that is like a whole reason why you would create a religion is if you want to mm. propagate this one idea, right? Mm. So then it even goes on to say God created us in the image of him, right? Mm. To make it almost, and this is, again, this could be my absolutely, um, what do they call it? My conspiracy theorist in my brain coming out. But it, it was written the way it was written for some reason, right? And mm. most of us agree uh, that it was about control, right? Mm -hmm. Controlling the population, the the people that mm -hmm. were were nearby, uh, and what a strange thing to then look at this religious theory and say, oh my God, like it puts humans above everything else, and then mm -hmm. men above women, because there has to be a hierarchy, right? Exactly. Yeah, and man, as you were talking, I'm like, Huge. holy shit, that that would be a good reason to write the Bible. Just if, oh, God, just if yes. you could control the population, right? Oh, did you ever read that book uh, called Homo Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari? Oh my God, no! But the second one, his second book, I did, uh, Homo, Homo Deus. Homo Deus. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> God, man, that book is amazing. Right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he. You got to read Homo Sapiens next. I oh, mean, I'm he, gonna have he to. touches upon like all of these things and uh, mm. just like how the world has kind of been how we've ended up where we are, so to speak. Yeah. It, it's just a, such a funny thing, man. We we take these weird... Uh, Darcy told me a joke earlier about... Uh, oh, man, I can't remember how the joke went. But something about a, um, mm. your make-believe God can't help you now. Because, oh, yeah, they closed down the... Um, what was it? The holy water? Yeah, the holy oh, yeah. water thing. Did you hear about this? <laughs> and it's like, I guess it's not so holy after yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like if you can shut down the holy water, I guess your make-believe friend can't help us now. <laughs> like, and and it's so it's so funny though, right? Because some of the oh the, my god, how specific people get about describing God. Can you imagine? Like, I can't even oh, imagine god. what God is. Like, I can't imagine it. Right? My brain's not capable no. of that. It's it's too big for me. <laughs> uh, absolutely. I, I mean, I think it's just. I almost think it's very arrogant as oh, us as humans to assume agreed. that God is is like us and that it's a him and that mm -hmm. it's he's like this and he has feelings. I'm just like, mm -hmm. ugh, no. Nope. But you could. But you can definitely understand why people who wanted control over other people would create this, right? Mm-hmm. Because how am I going to get control over you if I tell you that the universe created us? The universe is indifferent. So how am I going to get control over you by telling you that I'm not? <laughs> right? And I mean, that whole kind of like 
mainstream thinking was one of the reasons why I decided to branch away from mm. Alcoholics Anonymous was mm-hmm. because I remember reading one of the chapters that's in that uh, the the big book and it's called Two Wives mm, okay. and it's all about two women about how they can work with their man who is recovering oh, from alcoholism and God. I just think about where Alcoholics Anonymous like originated from and yeah. you know it it did come from that privileged white mm-hmm. class of males who brought it into being through you know through hard work and different experiences yeah, I but, can't I can't discredit them but for they that. come from a Judeo-Christian background right exactly yeah. yeah and so I mean I'm glad that they put those stories in the background because there's this one and I can't remember what it's titled but it's about an indigenous woman Mm-hmm. And um, she just shares her experience that it's just like, yes, like certain aspects of the beliefs work for me, like the principles and, you know, the guiding kind of uh, spirit that's like behind it. But like a lot of the details and also the people in it, she was just like, I, I can't like be there because I'm just not supposed to. And mm-hmm. I mean, even on a personal level for me, just being a person of color, yeah, I got to say like 99% of meetings I go to they're like 90 percent white people okay so i'm not making that up when i tell people that (laughs) no you're not man good you got it for me good and it's uh it's just like they people really have to understand that there's a certain level of um like of they don't have these shared experiences that Mm. have caused this trauma and this like what used to be kind of a hurricane within my own spirit that contributed mm-hmm. to my past that involved the drinking and mm-hmm. the doing drugs and whatnot. And so, so it's important for me to like find, find people I can relate to on, on yeah. other levels. Right. God, I'm so glad you're talking about this, man. This is um, <clears throat> something people struggle with, eh, with uh, leaving the program and, and getting better anyway. Right. And I think that, uh, yeah. And uh, you know what, David, it's just like, it can almost, I'm not like, I got to say one of the biggest reasons that I decided to take a step back from it, and this was some time ago, mm-hmm. was um, the fact that I felt, I felt that there was like, um, for myself, I was experiencing lateral violence within it. Like mm-hmm. I would, I would have, I would share, or I would talk and I would have someone just completely just discredit me mm-hmm. um, or like what I was saying because it wasn't in alignment with exactly with what the big book said oh, or what yeah. their belief system was. And yeah. I, someone was, I remember someone specifically talking about me and they're just like, you know what, like that Alec guy, he's not just gossip, you know? And mm-hmm. it's just like, he's not doing this and he's not going to meetings. And it's just like, he can't be having a very good recovery. <sighs> and like, I'll, I'll be honest, man. At yeah. first I was pissed off yeah. and then I was kind of angry. And then I was just kind of like, eh. And then at the end I was just kind of like, huh, <laughs> like, you know what? Like, yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of like broken kind of sacks sad people who still have a lot of like toxic uh traits and Mm -hmm. just habits that haven't been dealt with through therapy and different forms of spirituality or Mm -hmm. recovery and i was just like i'm not sure it makes the most sense for me as like a growing individual to surround myself in this circle of people Mm -hmm. if i want to develop and grow myself so yeah not if i decided to take that i mean no because i mean i was all i was just like people were always just like just on the maintenance steps, step 10, 11, and 12. And I was just like, you know what, for me, like step 12 is just like, it talks about a spiritual awakening. And I'm just like, that's the beginning, man. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like after that, it's game on. It's like, what do you have after that? Like, how are you in alignment with, um, you know, with the medicine wheel? Like, what Mm -hmm. are you doing for your physical self? You know, have you 
are you trying to be healthy? Have you stopped smoking? Mm. What are you doing for your mental health? Like, are you are you learning? Are you connecting with people, challenging yourself, your emotional self? You know, mm-hmm. what are your relationships like? And yeah, and then of course your spiritual health. You know, like what what is what's working for you? Like mm. we have service and we have the the community, but you know, for me yeah. it was: Do you have culture? Do you have like traditions? Mm-hmm. Are you are you trying to learn more of what's in your blood and what's timeless? Yeah, and you just described what happens to several, well, a good percentage of people in the 12-step programs is they stagnate on their work and they don't think there's mm. anything left to learn, right? And mm. and even if you were only around the rooms for a few years, you're you're definitely, you're talking about some like someone who's been around for a while because you obviously understand that there is a difference. There's a difference mm. for people who who don't, who who aren't raised with that culture right and mm. it's funny because it's always people like who are like me who are white who will say um well no this works for everybody if they work it this mm. way but then of course now what i do as time goes on is i say well what if they can't work it that way because they're not from where you're from mm-hmm. or they didn't go through what you went through or even huh. bigger than this what if they have a totally different culture than you and this, mm. this language doesn't apply to them because of the cultural differences, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but even then, some of these, Ooh, some of these, David, old, David, right? David, <laughs> right? You like a rebel. Yeah, but that's but that's where that's why people don't people don't like like me over, hand over fist. And the reason is is because I don't I don't go into the rooms and preach that that's the only way, right? Mm. Like when I go to the rooms, I say this is one of the ways. Mm. this is just one of the ways man and Mm. i don't adhere to that that philosophy that just because it worked for me it will work for everyone else um Mm -hmm. because it won't (laughs) like read right like one of the first things i i recognized when i went to this uh and i took this training in rocky mountain house for this well variety stuff um, nice yeah, it was, well, I needed, to, I needed to understand how ignorant I was before I could get less ignorant, right? And, yep. and frankly, Alec, I was very ignorant. And the p- training opened my eyes to one of the, some very obvious and real reasons why some of the, our programs, colonial, more colonial programs, won't work, right? Mm-hmm. It's because we look at it from only one perspective, Mm. you know and true david yeah and unfortunately that's the way a lot of the 12-step groups are right unfortunately yeah and and that makes it very difficult because like how could it with with our different cultural backgrounds of different people how could it possibly work for everybody (laughs) yeah exactly it it 100 percent uh shares a christian idea for god 100 Mm. percent and even though absolutely even though in we the agnostics right there's that chapter the agnostics but even within that if you come through that chapter the rest of it says god Mm -hmm. god or creator now i know they stole creator from uh, i think it was whoever was upstate new york whichever uh band was up there um yeah who was that i can't remember i want to say sue like um, the, the Sioux? I, really? I, the I don't Sioux? know for sure if it was the Sioux, but, but uh, Don Coyas told the story about how Bill and Bob, they actually went and consulted with indigenous mm. people in upstate New mm-hmm. York. 
And but that's where they kind of got the creator from and and some of the different language that gives you the illusion. I think it's just an illusion. It gives you the illusion that this God they're talking about isn't a Christian God. Right? Yeah. And you right. you've probably experienced this in the rooms, and now you can correct me if I'm wrong. But if I called if I went into a room and I started talking about um, Allah, right, instead of God, mm. people are going to be like, wait a minute, like that's not, that's not okay. <laughs> like, that, right? like that's not the right God. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm, that's exactly what I'm saying because you've probably experienced uh, that. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I, I actually like, I, I tend to not even, like, I don't speak so much, uh, mm. like, to creator as yeah. I do to uh, like kind of my personal experiences and mm-hmm. choices. Cause after a while I was just like, all oh, the people really don't care about my beliefs and this, they mm-hmm. just, they, they just, they just want to hear things. So I've, I, I used to just go closer to like when I stopped going and I would just kind of share like, this is what I'm doing to get to like where I am just more tangible things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you're, you're right. You're right. There's, there's definitely that, uh, that Judeo-Christian influence. And let mm. me ask you something, actually. Sure. I heard something along those lines. And weren't the first colors of the big book white, red, yellow, and black? They might have been. I don't know. I think that I heard that they were. Like, the first edition was in wow. those colors. And yeah. that's because those are the four colors of the medicine wheel. Of the wheel. medicine wheel, yeah. And so I think that that was something to do with that that visit you you mentioned about with the indigenous group in upstate I, New York and I and bet Bill you're right. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I got have right. to fact check that. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I'm going to look that up too. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Like I just wouldn't. Let be. me ask you something though. Mm-hmm. Just like because I'm curious about your own experience too. Yeah. I mean, what was it like for you and who you are as a person and where you were in your life as well as in your um, like your spiritual journey, mm. um, going into that well variety program with white bison and learning about like our people's teachings and how they related to, um, oh. like recovery from alcoholism. What was yeah. that like? man? Oh, dude, I'll tell you. Like, um, the, the first training program I went through, it was a little bit easier cause I was with, um, I was staying Heather and I went together to the training. So we got to talk mm. about stuff every day, but honestly, mm. I, I was, so ignorant. I mean, mm. for me, for me, it was scary. That's what it was. Alec. Mm. It was scary because I knew that I didn't know. Right. And I mm. knew that what I thought I know, I knew what I, I knew that what I thought I knew was wrong. I just didn't know how wrong. Right. Ah, oh, man. Because we were not told the truth. Right. We weren't told. No. I, I wasn't told in the, in the manner that I had to learn that what we had done, right? What our mm. culture had done to the indigenous people in North America. And, and obviously I've come to understand it's across the planet um, today. Mm. But then it was like, okay, North America, oh my God. And then I read about Wounded Knee. And then I thought, mm. oh my God. And, and that wasn't like the only time, right? Like when, when I grew up in the States, because I'm from the States, so we, mm. were, we were basically told nothing mm. except for the fact that um, we gave we gave them land. This is what we were told. Yeah. We gave them land. Oh, you gave yes, them land. Yes, yes, that the American government <laughs> gave them land. Like this is honestly what we were taught. They were given land uh, as a part of our um, our getting along together, right? But yeah. then as you get older 
and you're able to, you start to look into things on your own, you realize, yeah, you gave them land, you bastards. You didn't give them land. <laughs> like, and, and of course, we don't learn about, um, about the Canadian government giving blankets with smallpox. We don't, we didn't learn about any of this stuff, right? Oh my God. So horrible. Oh my God, Alec. And, and so the first training, it was, I, it was hard, but I had, Heather was there, yeah. Darcy, my friend Darcy was there and we had good conversations uh, as well. Um, and, and Heather is Métis. She's right? Métis and so is Darcy. Oh, yeah. okay. And so. Are you Métis? No, I, I am, dude, I am, I don't even know what I am. I think we're Irish pirates. But the truth You're is someone. like, yeah, we're, we're, I'm somebody You're from somewhere. I'm from somewhere. You betcha. You'll find out. Yeah. And you know what? I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Right. Like, but, yeah. uh, so the first training was really difficult, but the second one I was by myself and the second mm. one was for the, the program mending broken hearts, which is specifically about dealing with intergenerational trauma. Right. Was so, that the one about missing a murdered? It was connected to that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but this. I think this I've heard was, about that. Yeah. This was specific to uh, uh, residential schools, and down in the states, they're called oh. boarding schools. Um, oh. Right. So this was about the intergenerational trauma, um, mm. and I had never heard. The only times I've heard this stuff was in Fifth Steps when I'm because I listened to mm. Fifth Steps for twelve years now, and okay, and so I've heard lots of the, uh, the stories, but never the facts. <laughs> Right. Mm. Like never the, never the facts from people who are specifically talking about what happened in the schools. Um, mm. And for some reason, the first night, the first day there, we get this video we have to watch as homework. And the video is about an hour long um, about residential school survivors. Right. Yeah. And, and so I start watching the video and I'm only in it about five minutes and I have to go to the washroom and throw up. I am so sick oh to my, my stomach God, yeah. by how humans on this planet have been treated that I just couldn't take it. Um, and yeah. so, so that, that really flipped it for me because then I mm -hmm. said, okay, well, I can no longer ignore, right? And I, mm. I, have to, I have to at least try in whatever small way I can to, to be useful in this regard and not ignorant, mm. right? Um, mm. And so that was, that was tricky, man. Um, but the, I'll be honest, the one, the, the thing that made it possible were the people that were mm. in the groups that would say, um, like the first group, uh, it was one of the guys, really nice guy. He could just see that. I think I was one of two, uh, white people in the group. Um, mm. and so he could see that it was paining me to hear all these stories. And he mm. was so kind. He said, Dave, he said, we don't want, we know you're not guilty of this but we have mm -hmm. to be able to talk about it in front of you. And I said, mm. I said, absolutely, man. I'm, I, I appreciate you recognizing that I'm in pain here. Um, I'm not in pain because I feel guilty. I'm in pain because of what's happened. Right. Mm. Um, and cause I don't feel guilty. I did not do that, but I know it happened and I believe that mm. it happened now, um, with all my heart. Right. And, and mm. so, yeah, from there. I hope that answers your question. I I, I haven't looked back. Oh, big time. Yeah, I wow. I, I haven't looked back, and I, I don't think I can. You know. Um, yeah. There's just been too much bad done there. Yeah. Man, it's. I mean, just like hearing you talk, it's. Uh, I'm. I mean, I'm just like I'm super grateful that your eyes, you know, are now open, mm -hmm. and it's like Me too. it's kind of like a welcome to the battle now. 
You know, yeah. it's like you joy on the right side. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, dude. Like, and it does feel like I'm on the right side. I, I mean it. Like, even though I was called a race trader, like some white dude called me a race trader at a meeting a, f- a few weeks ago. What the hell? I know, dude. It was so funny. I mean, Alec, <laughs> I swear to God, I stared at him and I said, what? <laughs> Did you just call me a race trader? It sounds like a baseball card. Oh my God. And (laughs) well, it, it took me back to things I heard about like in the States and the South back in slavery and shit. Right. So that's what I I was like, dude, what are you talking about? And he said, well, you're all supportive of indigenous and, and he didn't say indigenous, but I'm not going to repeat the words he used. Um, yeah, because it just gives way to more ignorance. But the, he mm-hmm. says, you're, you're all about indigenous and helping indigenous people, and, but not white people. And I said, what? <laughs> oh my I said, dude, God, I'm all about helping all people, buddy. Like, and yeah. I, I just, I couldn't say nothing else because obviously he figured I was a race trader. I, I didn't even know yeah. people still use that language. Oh but, my God. How, I mean, how old would you say he was? Like, oh, he's in his 50s. 50s, In yeah. his 50s, I yeah. mean just those generations man like yeah i remember once i went to that uh i just went to this like event or something and just just a demographic of people man i was just like oh my god like i just i mm. felt uh suffocated i was yeah. just like none of my own people are here like oh, people man. in the rooms you know they have this saying they're just like they're just like you're gonna have this feeling that people haven't been what you've been through or you don't belong and they're just like well that's not true actually because we all belong we've had the same yeah. experiences and i'm just like no we haven't yeah we have like no we haven't like you have to God. you have to understand like these are key differences that mm-hmm. your privilege is not allowing you to see and you yeah. will probably never see and just oh, yeah oh man it's it's huge so when i also heard about like white white bison and just mm-hmm. The belief systems of how um of how the medicine wheel tie into the principles behind the 12 steps and oh they're so you know how we're yeah man it just like it made so much sense mm-hmm. and i was just like i was just like this is like such a key such a key thing mm-hmm. because uh like the principles i feel were probably one of like the biggest thing that i that was like at the very end of things that was like one of the main things that i just kind of brought away from it and i questioned them sometimes yeah. but at the end of the day it's like it's still my um my belief systems and i mean in indigenous like in our people's ways like a lot of us we have our seven great teachings mm-hmm. you know we we have humility courage integrity mm-hmm. wisdom respect love truth and I mean, those are like, those are our principles. people's principles and the, the yeah. 12 steps, like those principles are a few of those. And it's mm. just, it's just, you know, it's just the same. And I yeah. mean, I mean, just like, I guess just for me and where I'm coming from, David, it's, I'm still on the path, but I feel like, um, like I found my path and, you know, some mm. people cut me off because of it. I cut some people off because of it, yeah. but in the end, you know, like my heart is on, uh, is on its way home to, uh, mm. to my people and our songs and our ceremony. And it's, it's a beautiful place to be, man. And so I live a truly, truly blessed life today. You yeah. know, and I'm, sh- and it sounds like you do too, man. That is so beautiful, man. That is so beautiful. Well said, dude. And I do, yeah. I have a beautiful life too, Alec. I really do. I, I'm grateful because the one thing that, uh, one of the things that I got from the, tw- from the 12 step, program um was one of the major things was freedom 
I just, mm. when it said, you don't, it's a, it's a God that you understand. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take that word for word because I don't understand this other shit. Right. Mm. Like, I mean, when I, when I sobered up, I thought God hated me just because of all the stuff mm. that I had to go through as a kid and everything like that. And I thought, well, yeah. if there is a Christian God, that dude hates me. Right. Like, yeah. and, and so I had a real hard time getting behind, uh, following that dude. Um, mm. then as time evolved, I just started following this idea of a God that wasn't like that. <laughs> mm. Right. I didn't know what it was like a hundred percent, but I kind of knew what it wasn't like. Right. Mm. Um, because if it's about love and about life, you, you mentioned this a few times, if it's about love, then it's probably good. Right. Like it's mm. probably a good idea. And I don't mean like sick love. I mean like love, you know, where we're helping each other, we're helping ourselves, we're not uh, self-destructing, we're not just trying to destroy other people to feel better, like um, that real kind of love, you know. David, how much time do we have left? As much time as you want, man. Ah, awesome, because I had a few questions for you, and sure. I kind of want to take it not to like the next level, but I just like, I want to make some, some like, some movement here and sure like i know that i know that your partner is very in touch with her culture and mm -hmm. it's just like her belief systems and mm -hmm. and like it sounds like you are kind of you know it's just like you're on a path it's just like you have some beliefs here mm -hmm. you have some beliefs there but i mean to be honest man like i wouldn't be surprised if i saw you like in ceremony with like oh. some of my friends or like mm -hmm. sitting in the sweat lodge or potentially going to like sundance or something are you invited yep. into like your partner's way of life too is that something that resonates with you or? absolutely yeah and and that's a good question man and i appreciate you asking it because i actually really like love being able to talk about going to ceremony because <laughs> yeah. well because it's so it's something that uh i i never i haven't experienced before and so i i got to go to sundance with heather last year we got to go awesome. to support one of our friends and it was such an amazing Which experience. One? Uh, Ryan, what's Ryan's last name? Oh man. Is that the international one? No, it was, it was just down South. Like um, a Blackfoot one? Yes. Yeah. It was. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It was in the summer and we got to watch the whole, uh, the whole thing. And it, I was blown wow. away by how, how touched I was, first of all, but how yeah. it's just so much, um, it's so beautiful, right? And then we got yeah. to go to the, uh, the Hoop of a Hundred Feathers uh, when okay. it was on the Ochis, on Ochis Nation last summer. Ah. So that's the Hoop of a Hundred Feathers that goes all across the planet, um, yeah. gathering feathers from different uh, indigenous tribes. Um, from all wow. over the all over the world, so yeah, it was so cool, wow. man. And I've done a few sweats. Uh, I I really appreciate the sweats. Uh, it's yeah. harder for me and my back to sit through them sometimes, but yeah. <laughs> but I really I I get something out of it every time I do it. Wow! Oh man, mm -hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. You know what I did? I actually uh, I just picked up a a recurve bow. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so awesome. I've been, I've been yeah, man, I've been practicing during this, uh, during this, um, whatever pandemic, yeah. I keep forgetting the pandemic. So you're firing and, uh, some I was arrows. Just 
firing some arrows and i, I was just it. like i'm because i'm just trying to get more in touch with like mm-hmm. traditional ways and so i'm just like i could totally see you doing something like that oh yeah i could see it too because <laughs> i'm already <laughs> thinking that sounds like fun <laughs> <laughs> heather heather would probably be stoked <laughs> oh i'm sure she would man yeah she i mean she smudges every day and um and sometimes we'll smudge together and i just i appreciate the, in my mind like uh, the indigenous ways are the more practical ways. That's in my mind. Mm. If someone says, "What do you think about?" I say, "It's just practical. It, it's mm. it's grounded in reality and it's practical." And I'm not talking mm. about like every every religion has its myths and its stories, and and those things are beautiful too. Um, mm. But really, the the day to day practice of it is very practical, right? Like it's mm. just very practical. Look, we we need each other. We, the humans need birds, need animals. Um, we need, everybody needs everybody, right? Mm. And so to me, that's one of the most practical philosophies that I've heard, right? Is mm. we, we don't just need each other for food. We need each other for friends to keep the ecosystem in balance. Like we need each other, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, I, I could go off about that all night and it would make no sense probably. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, man, I'm just, I'm so happy we've, we've had this time to just Me like too. talk and, and to share, you know, it's, yeah. I've, I learned a lot about you that I didn't, that I didn't know. I feel, I feel honored. Oh, and so. I, you, man, I, I feel just as honored. I thank you so much, Alec, for coming on, man. You're very welcome. I mean, from now on, I will call you, uh, Michinen. What does that mean? Stony Nakoda. It means older brother. Can you say it one more time? It's me. Chenin. Me, Chenin. 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 Chenin, like chin and in. Oh, Chenin. And then in. Yeah, like me, Chenin. Me, Chenin. Me, Chenin. Me, Chenin. Okay. My older brother. Oh, cool, man. Well, I'm honored. I'm very honored. Is there anything else you wanted to say, man, before we uh, close it off? Um, I mean... I think that's uh, that's pretty that's pretty much where I'm at. I guess again, I'll just mm-hmm. say like ish nish, Michin, and thank you, brother. It's mm-hmm. I'm, I appreciate you opening up this space and just allowing our words to flow with each other. And mm-hmm. I feel I feel privileged, and I'll remember you in my uh, you and your family in my prayers mm-hmm. tonight. And I, you, my friend, I th- thank you so much, Alec. Awesome, brother. And okay. like I said, anytime you want to talk, just uh, just let me know. You betcha, I will. Awesome, David. Right, With Alec. that, I'm going to sign off and get this dog fed. Excellent, dude. You take it easy, man. And um, yeah, have fun with the bow tonight. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you're tell welcome. Heather I say hi, too. Oh, of course, man. I absolutely will. And your partner's name? Uh, Joe Mary. Uh, and, and her, too, eh? Yeah, will do, brother. Perfect, man. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Please stay tuned every Wednesday as we air another episode. Thank you for your time. And please, if you're in trouble, reach out. If you need to contact us at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca or you can look for us on Facebook under Freedom's Path Recovery Society. Thank you again for tuning in. Please stay tuned for upcoming groups, activities, and podcasts.